Hi, everybody, and welcome to this live stream. I've got David Averin, um, and I've got a secret as to why I got your name right. It's because I got it wrong, and then my ex-wife was doing the design, and she went and checked up before doing the, the, the thumbnail, and she got it right. So it's thanks to Veronique that I now can sing a quick hello, and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, David Avrin. You have your own theme song, and you sing your own theme song. That's outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Well, I used to be a singing musician and a singing blue dog, in fact, um, in a cartoon series for kids, which is uh, means I can sing silly songs How with my child. That? I, I actually have a, a singing background as well. I come from a, a musical family. Everybody, everybody sang, and I used to singing an old acapella group way back. But that's a whole other subject for a different day. Barbershop quartet. That would be perfect for the beers, yeah. wouldn't it? Let's do it. Light a rose, I'm home again, Rose. Oh, hide again, Rose. I don't know this song, no. but I'll sing about Rose. I, I think it's from Music Man. I think old barbershop <laughs> quartet stuff. Brilliant stuff. So, in fact, we could just sing the entire uh, conversation. That would I'm be up for it. Let's, let's do it. Right, I've got another surprise for you. And the other thing is, David cut this incredibly fine. He literally logged on 30 seconds before we hit the live button. And if he hadn't turned up, I would have been interviewing anybody from the crowd who'd stood up and wanted to be interviewed. But I knew you'd be here because you're such a reliable chap. I've seen it on all your videos. Uh, I've actually been researching and looking you up. But the surprise is you're part of our experiment with WordLift, who have been sponsoring this little series because what we're trying to do is leverage people and things into the knowledge graph. And here we have Patrick M. Powers, who's going to be on in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've got my site, calicube.pro, cited as a reliable source in a knowledge panel on Google. And that's thanks to WordLift and thanks to the fact that we've built this entity-based content model. And you, David, are now part of that, whether you like it or not. Um, and what we should now be I like it very much. Well, you probably see my, my page about you in your knowledge panel somewhere down the line, uh, which I'm looking forward to, and I'll write nice things about you only. Good. Thank um, you. Right. Uh, lovely to have you here. We're going to talk about uh, keeping customers. I mean, you saying selling's easy, uh, which it isn't. I don't think selling's no, easy. No, I don't, I don't think anything is easy today. Certainly today, everything is different. Today, today, or today in general? Today in general. I mean, I think I think um, we're in an age of, of extraordinary competition. I mean, there's more choices than ever. But I think what's really different today than in yesteryears is I think arguably for the first time, everybody's good. I think if you weren't good, you would be outed on the Internet. Yelp and TripAdvisor and Rotten Tomatoes and Glassdoor. Uh, I think the Internet outs underperformers. I think you could sort of hide. You could you could, you know, get away from somebody who wasn't happy. Maybe somebody 10 people or whatever. You just move on. Today, everybody knows about everything. So it's a really challenging environment to, to sell today. Yeah, I, I saw that. I was watching a few of your videos to get an idea of the kind of things you talk about. You're full of quotes and gazillions of quotes, too many quotes to possibly mention. But that was one of them. It was this idea that you can't hide. We thought we could, and now we can't. And you looked something up on Google. I mean, the first thing I did when, when uh, I, I thought, I'll have David Averin on the, on, the, on the show because your assistant contacted me. I typed got David Averin into Google. Sure. Uh, we all do that. Yeah. You've written three books. You look great. 
Um, and what you're saying is if, if you're not great or if you're, if you're trying to hide something, it's going to come up sooner or later. Yeah, well, it just I think it makes a very challenging environment. Um, I think historically we have talked about thinking our differentiation was, you know, our quality or commitment or caring or trust or people. And we all kind of say the same things. Well, what happens when everybody has quality and commitment and caring and trust in people? Our perceived differentiation kind of goes out the window. And what happens is we fall back on price or proximity. And so when I have clients and others, because I speak for a living and I consult, and when they say to me, all they care about is price. And I insist, it's absolutely not true. And they said, no, 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 you don't understand. We get calls all day long and they just say, just give me the price. And I said, you don't understand is you've re you've gotten them at the end of the process. They've already gone online. They've established who's qualified, who can do it. They've weeded out the people who have bad reviews. It's between you and several others. You're all good. You all have capabilities. You all have quality people and products. And you're right, it is about price, but only because they've established that everything else is the same. One of the things I talk about on stage and in my books and otherwise is what I call the four most dangerous words in business, which are all things being equal. When all things right. are equal, it's about price. Oh, or those those are the four most interesting words in SEO because they never are. I and mean, I, I come from the right. SEO industry. Right. Nothing's ever equal. So you can't say whatever it is. I just did the link building or the content has changed it. But, but that fact that kind of we, we all have more or less the same kind of set of offers, is that the reason people are hopping from company to company and why it's so difficult? Oh, I, I, I think in large part. But I think the reason they're hopping, and I'm glad that you asked it, Jason, is they're I'm hopping. glad you're glad that I asked it. They're hopping, for lack of a better word, because they're pissed off. Because they got frustrated by something. Um, you know, I spent 20 years talking about marketing and branding. My book, It's Not Who You Know, It's Who Knows You, kind of put me on the map. I did very well. But for 20 years, I talked about how do we differentiate and how do we better describe what we do? Right. And I came to this recognition that, honestly, what people say about you is more important than what you say about yourself. And so I started this research. And it goes to the point that you're making is why do they leave? And so it all culminated in my, my, my book, Why Customers Leave and How to Win Them Back. Four languages. Yes, I plugged my book. But the whole point is I kind of started doing research and anecdotal and other words and, talk, and talking to people like, what, what frustrates you? And it was the same things over and over. You can say, listen, your call is very important to us. And then you put us on hold for 45 minutes. And we know that was a lie, right? If it was important, you would have staffed appropriately. Or they say, yeah, but it uh, makes it worse. You say it's important, and then you demonstrate that it's not. That right. makes it even worse. The fact that you even tried to pretend that it was. Or we we try so hard to attract clients and customers. We we want to get them on the phone. We want to get them to our website, and then we get them to our website, and there's no phone number. Like mm -hmm. we we I talk to people all the time. We go to, through a, a website. There's no freaking phone number like anywhere. You know they made a conscious decision. We will not let our customers call us. Like mm -hmm. literally, are you that good? You wonder why people leave? We leave, oh, because, we leave because we get frustrated, because there's points of friction, as we say in the industry, or delays, or somebody doesn't get back to us, or it's hard to find what we have. And it's kind of frustrating because we have some really wonderful companies and wonderful people and wonderful products. And there is this inflexibility. We say They say no to things. It's hard to get a hold of people. We have to wait for the things that we want. And um, my job, my crusade as I speak around the world and, and do podcasts and others is to help 
companies understand that the way they want to do business is not necessarily the way their customers want to do business with them. Yeah. So you're talking about having empathy for your customer, having empathy for what it is they're looking for in you rather than thinking, this is what yeah. I'm offering. It's what, what do you want? And, well, and they think they do. And I give them credit. I mean, companies, people, business is hard, right? We're working really hard. We try and think there's so much out of our control, right? We can't control the economy. We can't control pandemics. We can't control governments and certainly can't control our competitors. So what we try and do is we try and control everything that we can. Here's the customer's journey. <coughs> Excuse me. They will start here. They will um, They'll research. They'll order. They'll customize. They'll buy. And right. And then here's where we follow up. Here's the problem. Our customers haven't read our employee manual. They just know how they want to do business. And so we get frustrated when they want to, you know, they're asking for special orders or a combination or they want overnight shipping. And well, yeah, because we're like real people. And I think I think we are entering an age that will require an extraordinary level of accommodation. And those that don't, who are seen as inflexible, um, as you said, would just hop to another one. We'll find somebody else who's cheaper. We're so, in the age of empathy. How wonderful empathy for your clients and yeah. uh, walk their journey. Yeah, and one thing I was kind of looking at and thinking about yeah. is this idea: people found out all about you before they even start buying something. That's from looking up on Google. Google's yeah. recommending uh, you have to look good on Google when somebody looks up your brand name or your product or your personal name. Uh, to move on to something else, and that but it's slightly related, reputation. Sure. I saw you got really an- annoyed uh, with your reputation speaks for itself. Yeah. You say that. It's lazy. It's lazy. (laughs) I see, I'll see CEOs get on stage at conferences, you know, before I go up and do my keynote and they'll say, listen, they'll say things like either, either at the end of the day, folks, it's about quality or listen, our reputation speaks for itself. That is so lazy. I mean, here's the real, you have to speak for yourself. Reputation is incredibly important, but it's not a passive endeavor because people, it's not what we define. It's what other people say about us. And of course, our actions and our policies and how we behave influences how people talk about us. But we all grew up, Jason, you and I and everybody in business, we grew up with what we used to call guest relations philosophy. And here's it went something like this. The average person with a positive experience tells two or three people, but somebody with a negative experience tells 10. None of that is true anymore. Today, we tell thousands we yeah. tell millions, like just drag a paying customer off your airplane. See if that spreads, right? We tell everybody about everything. So it's incredibly important. We can't say our reputation speaks for itself. We have to def- we have to decide internally who we want to be. We have to make sure our actions match that. We have to make sure we communicate it. We encourage people to po- post positive things. And those who post negative things, we need to reach out to them with a full heart and say, what can we do to make it right? Yeah, and I mean, because that, that'll kill a business. It'll kill a business, bad reviews online. Sure. I mean, I think people are beginning to understand that, and we're, we're getting to that point. But it is really saying, who do we want to be? And as you rightly said, how do we get that message out there so that wherever the touch point is, whether it's on social media, on Google, on our site, wherever it's going to be, how can we make sure that it's going to be a positive touch point uh, and it's going to represent what we want as a brand? Right. Well, we have, to walk, that, we have to walk that journey. You talk about empathy. I mean, literally, call your own company. Literally try and order from yourself, pretending you don't know how to do it because your customers don't. And can we, here's what we saw during the pandemic. And I assume that this, this recording will live on. We've seen companies look internally and say, how can we become remarkably easy to do business with? Can we take a nine step process? That's the way we've always done it. And our industry does it. 
can we find a way to simplify it and make it a five-step process? That alone gives you competitive advantage. How many people's businesses are optimized for speed? We don't think yeah. about it. We think about quality or whatever else. It's, it, it's crazy. Right now, because everybody's good, people hyper-focus on any point that might frustrate them. And, mm -hmm. um, and, then they, and then they either use it as an excuse to go somewhere else or they tell everybody. So it is, it's kind of taken a step back, but I love the organizations that are saying, all right, let's rethink this, all right? Isn't yeah. that the essence of disruption? I mean, disruption is saying, let's ask some different questions. Is that the way it should be done? It's the way we yeah. do it and it's the way our competitors do it, but can we rethink it, right? I mean, then say, listen, we have a transportation problem. There's too many cars on the road. How do we make them smaller or more fuel efficient or elevate trains? And somebody said, what if we just share all the cars that are already on the road, right? What if we turn them all into taxis, right? And then you get Uber or Lyft or everybody's house. Maybe that's a hotel. And then so, you get Airbnb, right? I was going to say, oh, you've invented a new business, but you haven't. It's already been done. It's already been done. So we, we've got our steps down to from nine to five. We've got people confident because we're really great on social media and everyone. We're not throwing people off the planes, uh, which sure. would be a good idea yeah. uh, in in general. Uh, is that American Airlines, just to really rub it in? No, it, it's, it's, it was United, but... Oh. To be honest, I'm in Denver, Colorado. It's a United hub. I'm rooting for United. But every time their CEO comes on and says, listen, this is not who we are, it is who you are because that's how your people are behaving. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's the hardest thing. The bigger you get as a company to manage and, you know, you could have a billion dollar company and a moron 16-year-old, and I can say that because I have a 16-year-old who takes a hamburger bun and wipes it on the floor and puts it, serves it, and one of his friends puts it on Snapface or Link Chat or something else. There's how do you control? It's hard. It is a hard time, but it's also hard for your competitors. So we try and control what we can and try and make sure that we, once again, are remarkably easy to do business with. There's a lot of our colleagues who talk about, you know, today it's about creating wow moments. I don't think most businesses lend themselves to wow moments. If you have an electronic part that you're creating that goes into an electronic, um, you know, device, there's not a lot of wow moments, but you no. can be really easy to do business with. My, my immediate thought was, sorry, I, I had to, a nail that you nailed into the one. Then I immediately thought, that's not a wow. It's an ow moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, we've, we've got our customer. And then the question, which the question of the day was, how do you stop them hopping? Well, First of all, and, and I talk about this. Did I mention that I have a new book, Why Customers Leave? And I, anyway, yeah. But I talk about 24 different reasons. And one of them is that we tend to spend a lot of time on the customer acquisition part and very little on the retention part. Like, so the salespeople make a lot of money. The customer service people make a little bit of money. And we try and even try and get extract them. We try and do chat bots and push people to frequently ask questions and yeah. automated something retention should be a huge priority because we know it costs more to get a customer than to keep a customer. Um, and so I think one of the ways that we keep them is, is we remind them how much we appreciate them. Um, we continue to incentivize the, uh, the purchases instead of just giving incentives to new customers. Um, yeah. And we got to love up our customers. I think we, we tend to take them for granted. And there, I, one of the things I say all the time is there, there are no shortage of companies that would take love to take your longtime customer and convert them into their first time customer. So they begin wooing. One of the exercises when I consult is what are we doing to woo 
our customers long-term. The things that we did in the first three months, are we yeah. still doing it a year later? Okay. And, um, and those so are wow, wow moments and then woo moments afterwards. So the wow there you see, you're giving me great content here, Jason. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write that down. That's awesome. Uh, you can have the ow moment as well with the nail if you want. Yeah. Um, and so I've now got two things. I mean, I, sure. One, one of my hobby horses in in uh, in SEO is something Judith Lewis was talking to me about years ago. Year ago, is very few sites or very few brands, sorry, have answered the, the questions of their clients on their site. They right. forget about them once the sale is made. And then what people then do is search on Google instead of searching on the company site for the answer to their problem or their question, and they get the answer from a forum or a review site or a right. competitor. That's a big missed opportunity. Actually making your frequently asked questions for customers, clients, existing clients, much better and much more findable. Yeah. Well, what we do is we talk about ourselves, which is not a bad thing, <clears throat> but there's a classic exercise. This takes me back 30 years in my career where you take a yellow highlighter in one hand and a green highlighter in the other. And everything you say about yourself, you highlight in green and everything you say about your customers and their needs, and everything you highlight in yellow. And they're supposed to be more yellow than green. But there isn't because we talk about our quality and commitment and caring and trust in people. And it's about us. Now, there has to be a certain amount of content. As an SEO person, you know this, that establishes our credentials and, and capabilities. But this people have to identify like within five seconds. Oh, yeah, that applies to me. So while we have <clears throat> taglines or strap lines, as they say in the UK, what we often don't have on our websites is a headline. Are you tired of blank and blank? Have you, did you know that 80% of the people in your category do blank, right? Did you know whatever, the things that really make them um, self-identify? They have to look at the site very quickly and go, that's what I've been looking for. Finally, somebody gets it, right? And that, that's writing, writing with empathy once again. It's empathy for the other person rather than I mean mine. And, and another thing, Carl Gillis, I was talking to him, I talked to him about a lot, and he's saying the number of times you'll find the word I on a page. And I use uh, control F to count the number of times as opposed to the markers because I'm lazy. Right. Uh, but about, about us pages, we are the best company in the world. We love blah, 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 blah. Right. We, 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 and I got a client to rewrite and I said, can you reduce the number of we's? You've got 50 in a page. Can we get that down to 20 and have some use in there? Um, and you can write an about us page and not just talk about yourself. Right. And, and it's not the exercise <clears throat> to just try and stop saying we or I. I remember, I remember in school, we used to have to do creative writing in school when I was in, in, in high school here in America. And you come back from summer break and they want you to write like a, a thousand word essay about your summer, but you couldn't use any pronouns. So not I, me, my. And of course, all the kids were like, it can't do this. this there's imp it's impossible. But the exercise was. You, you, uh, you do a good 16 year old, by the way. That right, was a great right. 16 year old. Ah, whatever, dad. God. No, trust me. I also have a 25-year-old and a 20-year-old. Um, it's amazing that I'm smart enough to even tie my shoe because I'm so stupid right now to my kids. <laughs> well, I thank you, Father. But thank I'm not you. Saying. Thank you. But it's not just an exercise of reducing the wheeze. I think, as you said, it's about shifting the focus to understanding what we call DLOC, DLOC, a day in the life of the customer. Do we understand what they're going through? And so one of the big shifts that we're seeing, we've historically been what we call customer centric mm. forever, right? Customer centric means we're good at what we do. We're really good at this and we sell it to as many people as possible. And that creates market share. Absolutely valid, still valid today. But what happens when everybody's good? 
we tend to talk about competency-based claims, right? Quality and commitment. The shift that we're seeing, and this is what I think is an exciting time, and a lot of companies are starting to get this, is the shift from customers, I mean, from, from product-centric to customer-centric. And from so selling that, to buying. Yeah, when it's from selling to buying, right? I've been, I've been looking you up. Yeah, but the shift is it's not customer-centric like customer-focused. Everybody's customer-focused. We get that. Yeah. But customer-centric means we're, right, we start off as a foundation. We're really good at what we do, but we're also – we understand our customers better than our competitors, right? We understand oh, wow. not just demographically, psychic, we understand their pressures. What have they gone through during the pandemic? What are their big stresses and their constraints? Who do they need permission from? to make a decision? What are things that they fear? What do they need to make a decision? So the exciting thing in some of my research and my teaching on stage and otherwise is how do we shift to a customer centric where it really is about understanding your life and then aligning how we do business to how they want to do business. And um, like I said, it's, it's a little bit hard because we have a way we want to do business and we just have to be far more accommodating. A young, young woman is at a restaurant and she's with her girlfriends and she orders a chicken Caesar salad and said, can I get, can I get shrimp instead of chicken? And the way she says, oh, sorry, no substitutions. Why? You know why? Because he doesn't want to figure it out and the cook doesn't want to do it. You know who doesn't care what the cook wants to do? Oh yeah, everybody. Just, yeah. just, just give, I mean, what's the big deal? Put a different protein, charge her a couple extra bucks. But we have to change into that mindset because not only will she not come back because she thought it was fine. We lose the lifetime value of that customer. And she may go online and complain about us when it was a simple accommodation. So part of my mantra, part of what I'm hammering organizations is recognize how many times you say no to pretty simple things and find a way to say yes, or at least offer, you know, at least here's what I love this phrase. Let me tell you what I can do, right? That solves so many problems, but we tend to be a little more structured. I was doing a podcast and somebody said, um, how could this be getting worse? Like we, we've been talking about this for 30 years. Oh, not the podcast episode. The podcast episode was getting progressively worse. No, no, no. The customer experience. <laughs> not, and this one is getting better by the minute for those who have tuned in. Um, but, but You're a very good salesman. I'm telling you, but I'm glad to be here. But it was like, why, how could this be getting worse? And I said, you know, it is getting worse, but I think it's getting worse for the reason I told you, Jason, which was, we're, we're so rigid because we try to control what we can. And if you're a certain quick service restaurant, you're going to buy some fish and chips, you line up, you queue, you order, you customize, you get your drink, you pay, and you, and you sit down, right? It's pretty simple. Most of us don't have a really simple, simple, simple business model. So we're entering that age of extraordinary accommodation. Brilliant stuff. Love that. Right. Uh, one last thing to end with, and this is completely down my alley, well, so I'm kind of moving the conversation to something I want to talk about, um, which is keeping your, 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 your client. One thing people now do is navigate to your site through Google, i.e. they will search your brand name in order to get to your site. Right. So what appears on your brand SERP, what I call the brand SERP, what appears when somebody Googles your name becomes phenomenally important because a customer, an existing customer, will potentially see your Google homepage multiple times per day and people or brands are not paying enough attention do they have the knowledge panel do they have the site link so that people can get to the right part of the site easily and are those results underneath positive and accurate what do you think about that well i think most people don't know how to do it i think right. you're absolutely right <clears throat> i think but i'm saying is there are experts we need to know how to do it <clears throat> we know as business owners sort of what's on our home page and how we want to describe it 
But there's so much misinformation or just people are naive about exactly what you described, which is what's the description, what comes up in the meta tags, what comes in. It's so, so, so important, more important today than it's ever been because we look everybody up. You're going to get quoted because, like, so you've got your book. I've got, I don't have a book. I've got a course. This is my course. It's pretending right. to be my course that teaches people to do this. It's so important and everybody is overlooking it. Sorry, carry on. I was just plugging no, my but, but I'm agreeing with you 100% and I'm not sucking up and plugging you. I'm saying this is a, a, serious, a serious gap in, yep. in business processes that, you know, we can have the greatest company, the greatest site. But if people can't find us or what they find is an old moniker, like I used to for, for 20 years, I was the visibility coach. I don't even use that anymore, but it keeps showing up You know, when somebody searches it or I'll do a, a Zoom thing and it still comes up as a, and it's misinformation. If you had this set up, I'm telling everybody who's watching this, if you had your site set up three years ago, five years ago, seven, your prop, your those that information is probably outdated. Now, you can either. Take a course, which I'm a big believer in. Honestly, I wouldn't do it. I would just hire you to do it for me. Thank because you. Because I'm just, no, I'm, but I'm serious. But, no, but uh, it's, it's a really good point because I almost mentioned, and, and, and I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't. Oh, you're the visibility coach because that's the impression I got. And sure. as you say, it's out of date information that There's you need. There's legacy to stuff back. that's still out there. I need that. I need all of that cleaned up because everything today is about customer experience for me and my brand. Everything is about why customers leave. As I, made this wonderful shift fortunately a few years ago and um sorry alexa's trying to talk to me and everything else um but legacy stuff sits out there same thing if you have your i'm having my website completely redone it'll be done in a week if you haven't redone your website in two years you're outdated because oh, yeah. think about how much our lives have changed how much how we've learned even during the pandemic to do business differently look at this wonderful conversation where are you right now jason I'm in the South France. You're in the mountains. You're in South of France. I'm in Castle Rock, Colorado. It is an oh, yeah. amazing world, and we're learning to do business differently. The question is, are you doing it right? Right. Ooh, I think we can end there because that's the best quote of the of the afternoon. Thank Good. you very much, Dave. That was wonderful. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, David. Thank you. Can I do a quick plug for my, my online resource? I think this is the most powerful work that I have done. And it's not just about plugging it because I'm on a crusade to help people week in and week out. Go to, um, don't even go to my website. Go to the website for my, my new initiative. It's called the Customer Experience Advantage Morning Huddle. I would love to take a look. Send me an email. Tell me what you think. It's customerexperienceadvantage.com. And I think it's my mission is to transform the world. Customerexperienceadvantage.com. Jason, thanks. Thank you for having me. Right, the next one, we'll, we'll do a duet on the... We'll do uh, it. Well, what's the, 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 the Blue Ridge map? The Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia on the trail of the lonesome pine. That's Laurel and Hardy. Sorry, I had to sing. There, there's so many. Elvira, Gideon, boom, pop, boom, pop, mow, mow. See, this also humanizes us, doesn't it? it I love it. I love going live. I love to have a chance to have a great conversation. Great to connect with you, my friend. Let's talk again soon. Absolutely perfect. Thanks a lot, man. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for being here. Thanks, guys.